Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Winter Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of this guide under Leader Tools at northcoastchurch.com groups. So let's join Pastor Dave Enns now as he introduces this week's material. Greetings, leaders. Welcome to week number six of Life Groups. Hey, a couple things coming up. Is first of all, our mid-quarter trainings, uh, which we also call our community gatherings. It's a time for you with leaders and hosts from your campus to gather together, hear what's going on, be encouraged, and also train in some basic stuff that's going on that we know you will walk away and be encouraged. So be watching for emails and communication coming from your various campuses about that. Also, serve your city. The email is coming. Look in your leader's guide. There's more details of happening, of where, when that's coming. That's not in a couple weeks. It's quite a, a couple months out. But be watching for that because we need to start getting ready for that. And then two other things. We are getting on week six. This is a nine-week quarter. So we are starting to look at what groups uh, we are going to need to launch in groups. And we have many, many new people coming to North Coast, and it has been so exciting. But that also means we need to be able to figure out how to get them connected and find places for them in groups. So leaders, be praying. Is God raising somebody up out of your group? Is he? Is there someone that you could refer to our life group pastors that could potentially lead or host? Or are you looking for a change? Again, we don't want you to leave your group, especially that's what God's calling you to. But we know sometimes that's the next move to actually raise somebody up in your group to lead that group to go launch another one. So just want to let you know about that. And then finally, just a reminder, we've got that Leader Coast Whitewater Vacation Adventure coming this summer. We've already got a number of people signing up and just want to let you know about that. The link there is on the Leader's Guide and on our Leader Tools website. Hey, I am now going to turn it over to Jordana and Jordana is going to take you through this week's homework helps. Here's Jordana. Leaders, Jordana here. It has been great to hear so many amazing stories of how discussions have been going in your groups as we've been in this new series. Our group has been having a blast discussing John, and we are only still in chapter three. This week's message by Pastor Chris was another super challenging, amazing message and I'm excited for what is going to come in your groups. Jumping right in, I would encourage you. I know sometimes as I'm leading, I'm tempted to skip over the quick review question, but there are some weeks where that question really sparks the most dialogue and chatter that looking back at your notes, was there anything you heard for the first time, something that caught your attention, challenged you or confused you? feel out your group, but this might be a good week to get back to using that question if you haven't used it in a while. And then just keep track of the time on that because you can spend a lot of time if many people have responses to that. Jumping into my story. Okay. There's two my story questions. The first one, can you think of a family member or a friend that brings you genuine joy when you see them execute a talent, perform, or produce something specific to their gifting, ability, or role? My first thought when I think about this question is how much I love to watch my son 
play sports. I love to watch him play basketball. I am that loud, obnoxious, screaming parent on the sidelines. So forgive me if you are ever at one of my son's basketball games, but encourage folks to just think through, gosh, sometimes this could be like a spouse who really succeeds at their work or a friend who uses their gifts or talents to really bless others. This could be a really great discussion question. Now, the second one can be a little tricky, but we kept it in on purpose. So number two is, can you identify a unique gift, a quality or a character trait from someone in your group that you've seen God use as a sign to point others to Jesus. So we've been talking about how John refers to the miracles of Jesus as signs. And we've talked a lot as a staff of how having a person pointing you to Jesus is helpful in addition to the sign. And so there are people in your group who you might know who you've seen, maybe they serve on the weekends, maybe they've done something in your group, maybe they do have a particular talent that has really blessed you. This might be a great opportunity to brag on your host if they make particularly amazing snacks or share that gift of hospitality. Now, the reason that we say this question can be tricky is because if your group is still getting to know each other, this this could fall a little flat, this could potentially leave some people out or cause some hurt feelings. So if you have any hesitation, feel free to skip it. We're leaving this in your hands as the leaders, but it really could be a great opportunity to encourage some in your group. Now, this does not have to be an all skate question, right? This does not have to be every single person in your group gets encouraged or every single person in your group shares. Just feel it out and see how it goes. Another way to tackle that question is instead of putting maybe everyone on the spot, you can challenge folks to just individually go and share that encouragement with someone else in your group. All right, digging deeper. Digging deeper. We are focusing on Matthew chapter 25. This is the parable of the talents or the parable of the bags of gold in the NIV version, which is what we are using. Chris is going to definitely be talking about this in the sermon, and he's going to talk about stewardship and what it looks like to steward our gifts and resources for God's purposes. We gave you all areas to write observations for each servant and for the master in this parable, what was given, what was done with it, how each servant viewed that gift. And how did the master respond? This hopefully is just a really incredible dive into an awesome parable. The hope is that this pushes people into a place where they can really evaluate their own talents and their own platform. Those were the two terms used in the sermon, talents and platform, and everyone has been given certain gifts, abilities, and resources, and they've also been given relationships and influence. The questions after group members fill out the chart, really look back at the chart and hopefully will spark some great conversation. Ask folks when they look at their list, you know, how do they feel about it? Are they pleased? Do you ever find yourself wanting different talents or platforms? I don't know about you, but I have the tendency to compare and I catch myself looking side to side and losing focus on what has what God has given me and entrusted to me. And so we've put some other questions in there kind of along those lines, like, are you ever tempted to compare? 
and the additional questions, I, I was blown away by the third servant. And I've read this parable many times, but he buries the one talent or the one bag of gold that he's given. And not because he didn't maybe think he could invest it, but he questions the master. And that just kind of blew my mind. So we put a couple questions in there, like why might you be fearful or hesitant to invest your resources? Or is there a gift or resource that you have that you've buried like servant number three, whether you're not trusting the master, whether you don't even think that the bag of gold has value. So I would encourage you to go there with your group. Other additional questions. Have you ever struggled with feelings of inferiority when it comes to your area of giftedness? Or like I just mentioned, do you ever catch yourself wanting to switch platforms with someone else? Gosh, you know, I know I have these gifts, but I'd really rather have these gifts I'd really like to be excellent at sports. When our staff team went out recently, someone asked the question of if you could do anything other than what you were doing right now, you know, what would you do? And a lot of folks answered the question, well, if I had the gift or ability to be an incredible singer like Whitney Houston or Beyonce, I would be a famous singer. If I had the ability to be a coach in the NFL, I would, that that's what I would do. And it was interesting to me that instead of just coming out confidently and saying, I would be a Broadway star, or I would be a famous singer or a musical artist, or I would be an NFL coach, there was always that caveat of if I had the gifts, if I had the abilities. So uh, hopefully some folks will share some vulnerable things in that segment. And then we also listed some additional verses, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, talking about gifts, and then James 1.17, where every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And then wrapping up that section, there's the follow-up question of often our minds go to the biggest area of influence that might be more obvious. Now, we would love for your group to have some kind of conversation around, are there any smaller or seemingly less significant examples of influence or platform that might be easy to overlook or undervalue. And then like Pastor Chris mentions in the sermon, it is sometimes hard to have a proper view of these gifts considering, um, yeah, the purpose that Chris talked about. So that, that would be referring back to that section in the message notes about purpose to basically make ourselves less so Christ can be more visible. In the notes there, I mentioned that there's no such thing as small in God's economy. I think when people think of platform, when people think of influence, they think maybe of how many followers does this person have or what kind of stage do they get? And it's not always about a ton of followers or a big stage. Sometimes God does miracles in the mundane and there are things that might seem small, but there is huge value and huge worth in them. I put a couple of examples there for college students or young adults that have roommates. I think back to the season when I had roommates and that was a really short-lived season, yet I had such an incredible opportunity to invest in those relationships where I wasn't living at home with my parents or my immediate family, but I was living with 
friends, right? Then another example that we put there is, you know, you have a job in the marketplace and you get a chance to interact with coworkers on the lunch break in the break room. And that is a consistent opportunity where you can have influence in the lives of those that you work with. Another opportunity that came to mind is now, as I'm more into adulthood, I have some unique opportunities to share with my parents and just be with my parents, whereas before they might have been busier or not as available. And I've had some conversations with with some of you about the different seasons that our kids are in, or our parents are in, or we are in. And so just being aware of how God might want to work in those opportunities. The wrap-up question is focusing on the servants and their investment and how they felt a responsibility to do something with what the master had entrusted to them. As you reflect on your own life, what are some ways that you can invest what God has given you? We put uh, additional questions there on how do you view these gifts as purpose for God? Really just shifting that mindset that these gifts, these abilities, what we've been given is to use them for God, for Christ to be glorified, for Christ to be made more, for us to be less. And then the last additional question there is, do you view them with a sense of responsibility to increase their value in the way that you steward them? So looking back on the passage with the servants, two of them felt the need to invest or were compelled to invest the bags of gold that they were given and they received the response from the master of well done, good and faithful, which I would hope and I would think that that's what we're all desiring at the end of it all for ourselves, right? That God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. So the taking it home this week is what is one specific area that you could focus on stewarding? Is there anything that needs to happen for you to carry this out? The hope here is an application to focus on just one piece. I think when we have these kinds of discussions, we can get a little scattered and we can feel like, oh my gosh, I have four areas in my life that I have to fix or I have to tweak or I have to steward better or oh my gosh, I'm not using my time well, I'm I'm missing out on opportunities with my kids, I could be giving more and my finances are a mess or whatever it is, but encourage folks to just think about one area that they could work towards being a better steward or a better manager of. And this could bring up some really good ideas, but just be aware that this is not an opportunity for folks in your group to offer advice and to fix others' problems, but just to maybe call them out or write them down so that they can work this week and beyond towards being better stewards and managers of that one area. So just be be ready, be prepared if folks decide that they want to offer advice and help another group member solve their financial issues or solve their relationship with a parent. Friends, we appreciate you. We love you. Have a really, really great week this week with your groups. And if there's anything you need, just remember all of our life group pastors are here to help you. Again, we love you. Go do your thing. To God be the glory.